This is Grace Grit and Getting It Done, the podcast for women who want to focus on their personal development and their professional priorities, increase their earnings, expand their influence, and advance up the leadership ladder all the way into the C-suite. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. My podcast, Grace Grit and Getting It Done, offers a practical guide for women working in the corporate arena. Weekly episodes feature conversations with recognized experts, authors, and influencers. I'm covering topics from navigating corporate culture and coping with gender bias to prioritizing self-care and managing work-life balance. For more information, or if you'd like to contact me, send an email to lisa at bigsky.coach. Are you called to step into a role of higher leadership because you want to create the change and make the difference so needed at this time in the world? Well, you're going to love my guest today. It's Kristen Tomasino and her highest intention, and I'm speaking using her words, Kristen's highest intention is to bring awareness and tools for recovery to those who need it most. And she definitely walks the talk. I met Kristen when we were both speakers this past spring at a leadership conference in Paris, and I knew I wanted her to be a guest on my podcast. Kristen is an advocate for health and wellness. She's an activist for environmental causes and a social good warrior. She's committed to creating sustainable change. She's also a respected speaker, a valued thought leader, and she's engaged with a number of think tanks focused on improving people's lives. Kristen's also the author of 22 books, the editor of The Social Good Magazine, and the founder and CEO of Buddytown, which I think is just a brilliant idea. Buddytown is a consulting service that helps women connect, conceive, and create new opportunities for growth. As founder and CEO of Thomasina Media, LLC, Kristen is passionate about helping other social good warriors get their message out into the world. Kristen, welcome. Welcome. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on. And, you know, it's such a pleasure to meet you in Paris and what a wonderful setting, right? Around all these other thought leaders and women gathered together to share ideas about how to change the world. And I just love what you brought to the table as well, like hearing your message and, you know, seeing the room light up also, like when you were out there speaking, it was just so moving. And I just really want to thank you for having me on the show and you know, talking to me about uh, my experiences because um, I have been looking for people like you too um, that tell people's stories and help others, you know, lift others' lives up. And I think this is the kind of media that, you know, people need to hear in today's world. There's There's been a lot of negative news, but there's also a lot of positive people doing many impactful projects. Oh my goodness, yes. And, you know, I have to say before we jump in and I start asking you all these questions that I know my listeners are going to want to know about you and your work, I have to say I love all the content you create. Um, I love your shows, The Social Good News and Woo. And what I, I just have to bring up, you had done an episode on The Social Good Magazine show, and the episode was called Paris Treasure Hunt Adventures. And I felt like I was there with you. I was walking the city of lights with you and you were having the coolest adventures and meeting just such interesting people and going so beyond just the typical tourist experience. Um, how do you come up with these ideas? And quite honestly, the 
the brilliant way you interact with people that gets them so engaged. Just talk a little bit about that episode and your process. Um, you know, I, I have a degree in creative writing from the University of Florida. And, you know, so I've studied a lot of great writers and my father was a huge, you know, advocate for me, like doing a lot of reading. And, um, you know, he's an avid reader. He reads like 200 books a year. And he always, you know, would tell me, you know, the way that the great writers got experience was going and living and having, you know, new adventures in different cities. And so that was kind of my model of thinking, you know, well, if I'm going to go over there, let me go and, you know, try to meet different communities. And I, I like to meet the locals. I do like seeing all the, you know, historical touristy sites too, um, like anybody, because it's new to me. But I also really like to see how the locals live, how they operate. Um, you know, there's so much to learn from that perspective alone, you know. And I got to meet Florence, who I still like talk to, you know, and we write and, you know, talk to each other on social media and other means. And it's great, you know. She's like in Morocco this week and she's like, hey, I just want to tell you hi, you know, and hope you're doing great, you know. So, um, you know, I think that that's the human experience that lots of people are seeking. And after all these years of being in, um, you know, modes of uncertainty, um, it's time to try to take a leap and have adventure and have fun, you know, and spontaneity also at times. Yeah, well, you are a citizen of the world, which brings me to my first question, actually. Um, Share your journey as a global humanitarian. How did you become involved in social good initiatives? Sure. Um, you know, years ago when I was in college, I, you know, liked to study lots of different stuff being creative writing. And so I studied lots of different literature types. I read tons of books. Um, I went to different types of activities and movements and protests and things like that. And I went there with, you know, my friend, you know, Tess, and she was my best friend in college. And so, you know, we both have this passion of like, how could we, you know, serve people one day with our careers? You know, there's, maybe I'll join the Peace Corps, you know, or maybe I'll be in an NGO, or maybe I'll do something like that, right? Um, you know, we all, we're just trying to figure it out, you know, and that's that college experience that after high school thinking about, you know, what should I study next so I can become, you know, who I want to become. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I moved through my life, I had different, you know, health challenges at points, but I kept moving within my career and I came across, you know, these amazing uh, groups of people that were focused on technology and how could technology improve people's lives and technology is such a great way and an example of social good because you're teaching about you know, how could I create great outcomes through education and mass awareness, right? And what are those big problems that we could solve in the world if we thought about them from different angles, right? Um, and then educated people in mass too, rapidly. Um, I think that's another big piece that I picked up from other practitioners along the way. And when I was at an organization called Avid Exchange, I was put on tour to study lots of nonprofits and how they operated and learn, you know, are there ways that we can help them with technology and finance? And I ended up, you know, number one, just being exposed to like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of organizations that were all kinds of non-for-profits. So it was fascinating to read, learn, and um, observe some of these, right, um, and how they were doing their daily operations to get their mission goals done. 
And along the way, you know, I went to some conferences and, you know, conferences are such a great place for all of us to learn best practices, to share, uh, to come from all over the world in some of these, you know, um, venues, right, for finance and technology, for example. And you end up finding that there's people that are saying, you know what, we think that if we continue to share these principles, that we can make the world a better place. And so huge organizations like BlackBot and other um, companies like Abila, you know, used to be formally called that, these are organizations that help with like non-for-profit accounting. Well, they throw shows so people can learn stuff. Well, at this show, Ashley Judd was there one time and she's up on stage and, you know, she's got a very um, pretty, you know, important career in, you know, yeah. the entertainment industry, but also in the non-for-profit world, she's really made a mark as a humanitarian and, you know, given her impact and where she's able Right. And that's always kind of important is where we're able at the time in our life. Right. Um, and so I heard her story and it just really, I don't know, just lifted me up. You know, it really motivated me. Um, the energy of the room of those people, the, the, the missions that I heard about through the rest of that conference as well and others. Um, it just really uh, motivated me at that time. And, you know, as I got through my career, I kept, you know, thinking and teaching, right, about financial education. But when I moved on to a next phase in my life because of my accident, um, I decided that, you know, hey, how about, you know, I start writing about social good and writing about it um, and finding examples of people doing it. Um, and I started with, you know, my friend Tess because and what happened to our friends. And I wrote about her husband, Rob, because, you know, Tess, unfortunately, is my best friend. But she was killed in a car accident 12 years ago. And, you know, this last this weekend was the um, 12 year anniversary of that. Hard. So, you know, we had a lot of emotions, all of us, right? Losing someone who's very special to us. Um, and there was a lot of anger because of, you know, the way that it happened and, you know, unexpected events, somebody fell asleep at the wheel, you know, and, you know, so there's a lot of like, how could this happen to this beautiful soul that I knew from college that worked on other humanitarian projects later, you know, after college, right, in different organizations, how could that happen? And so we, you know, had to channel that and that became for me, the social good magazine as one element of that. And telling stories like her husband's and how he set up a fund with the community to give back every year. So, yeah, I think many people, when they're faced with a tragedy like that, tend to recede. And you moved into action and used that grief as a motivation to do good. Um, I want to ask you about Buddy Town. Just take a little bit of a left turn here because I love, love, love what you've done with that uh, idea, Buddy Town. Talk about that. How did you conceive of it? I mean, the need is so obvious, but just talk about the inception of Buddy Town, how you formed it, how you saw the need. Yeah. So, um, you know, initially, like I was a sales leader before and an educator. And, you know, people sometimes think sales and they're like, oh, you know, you're a salesperson. Salespeople are educators. Let's um, set the record straight, okay? I want to stand up for my teachers. And, you know, when I think about this, you know, we have to digest lots of information and then disseminate it, right, rapidly to certain groups of people, 
And so, um, you know, when I think about that, I was writing, you know, a, a book years ago, like about my teams, you know, and how like we were winning, right, as educators. And, and then, you know, I retired. So, you know, that concept kind of went away. And then later as I went, you know, out here in my career, I decided, you know, hey, I'm gonna make a consulting agency and I'm also, you know, gonna create, you know, a place where, you know, I can um, essentially kind of, you know, help different groups of people. Now, different groups of people have come to me over the years with me since I've retired, you know, asking for help in many different ways. I mean, before I even started really doing any kind of major marketing and while I was rehabilitating, you know, I had very, you know, smaller connections of people, you know, at certain periods when I was very ill, you know. Um, so, you know, when I think about it, for me, um, you know, it was about like how, if I was able to get and find, you know, amazing people to help me, maybe, you know, there could be a way that I could create, you know, a network and groups of people that could help others in different ways. And then I started thinking about, well, I get all kinds of different types of requests for people to help because I have a diverse network. So sometimes people say, can you help me with technology, right? Sometimes people want, you know, to look at business process consulting. Sometimes people want personal, you know, um, you know kind of coaching um, based on things with my, you know, case. And it's like, well, I'm not necessarily like a health professional. So, you know, I'm always gonna tell you, you know, I, I created certain content for different reasons, right? Um, so that you can have those discussions or be motivated to go and get a health team, you know, or use your own better. Maybe listen to them more too. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. yeah. So, you know, you you touched on your accident and your illness and, and I know before, this iteration of your professional life and your personal life, you know, you had an extremely successful career as a data scientist, an innovator, sales and growth leader. You worked in a number of industries, tech, real estate, construction, education, government, uh, corporate. Can you just share your story of why you decided to leave that former career and embrace your current role as a social good warrior? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I work for a phenomenal organization. I'm, you know, still a shareholder, you know, um, but what I say to people is when you have a great uh, organization that allows you to grow in your career, to challenge yourself, to, you know, I was in a great spot where I got to be a lead researcher and a, you know, market leader and figuring out, you know, new industries. It was really hard. You know? oh, and I great. I had great people working with me, right? And I had great leadership too supporting me, right? And people that were in, um, you know, in that world that were fantastic, you know, benefits wise, what we worked for, what we built up was, is a model, you know, it's great. It allowed me to get access initially, right? To the health teams that helped me, right? With some of the lessons and, you know, the people that I needed. Um, but I made a decision to retire because when I started making progress that people in my, you know, condition don't typically actually make um, with fibromyalgia, on, you know, and other things, um, I was like, wow, maybe I should tell my story and I should, you know, find ways to 
create uh, kind of networks or groups of people that want to, you know, solve this at a macro level and think about, you know, how do we create better access to goods and services, right? And really get people thinking about, too, you know, um, you know, when you look at our economy and you look at what, uh, you know, markets there are, you know, there's a lot of negativity right now. There's a lot of things that have happened because the supply chain has been impacted over events that happened. And so that's impacted really all of the American public as well as the world. And so when you think about costs of goods and other things, this becomes a, an, a prospect that affects all of us. And so for me, you know, with my accident and everything, the learnings that I got from how to take care of my body, from the types of people that I needed weekly to restore my abilities to be able to exercise regularly, right, and not feel pain, um, to be able to still have some of the inputs, for example. You know, um, people who have nervous system issues, like with what happened with me with fibromyalgia, I fell down 15 feet of stairs. I didn't break anything, but I couldn't heal, right? And I kept having shooting pain. I had, it felt like I was walking on glass, Lisa, like when I would stand. And then there would just be these pins and needles at points and like level seven plus pain, you know, I'd be like sweating, you know, I'd be like wearing shades, you know, so people couldn't read my face fully, you know, all the time. And I'm like, I'm good, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, people in my circle who are close to me knew, you know, what that was. And so, so lucky to have such kind people around me and, you know, look, our systems are set up, give people a chance, you know? And so I took my chance and, you know, when I set this thing up, I realized, you know, my goodness, if I'm making this progress and I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to want to publish books. I'm going to want to, you know, document what's happening to me. I push myself in ways that most patients don't, frankly. And um, it's, you know, painful what I went through, um, but I was able to restore, you know, my abilities. And, you know, when you have muscle knots and I've had muscle knots and spasms for years and years, like, which is what I had happened to me, your body isn't the same. You have to go through significant therapy and so I think that the lessons that I, you know, can share the best ones, right, are the ones that um, when we look at the future about how we model our communities, I think these are things that leaders like governors and mayors and other people want to hear about. Um, and I think our association leaders, frankly, of rheumatology and emergency care doctors and all the folks in neurology and others, I think they want some patient advocates that are like, hey, get up and listen to us because we're right. You know, like things we, you got to do preventative care, not just emergency care, you know? Exactly. So yeah. I just want to recap here, high level work you were doing, diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which was probably a very long period to get the correct diagnosis. That's my understanding. And then along with that, you took a spill down 15 steps and from a high stress job, still that need to deliver, to stand and deliver and your body is just not cooperating. So I think many people would have at that point just kind of curled up and said, I'm done. And you did not. 
you use that as a motivation to go out and help others, which is why you are so inspirational. So, you know, the coping skills, the strategy in, in that you use to create this system, this platform, this your life's work to help others and make a difference. I just want to, you know, call that out and say, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so that. if you wanted to tell yourself something at the start of your journey that you know now, what would you say to your younger self? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody wishes they could go back in time, right? Time machine. Wouldn't that be great? Right, yeah, jump in there, Marty McFly, you know, um, get in there, right? Like Michael J. Fox, you know, he's such an icon too. And yes, what he's going through, right, with his Parkinson's. And, um, you know, my heart goes out to him. He just published, you know, some amazing work to share, you know, his story and to bring out that for the Parkinson's cause. And I think that is amazing. Um, and, you know, look, if, if I could go back in time and, you know, hop in the DeLorean with him, Right, you know, I'd probably just say, you know, look, uh, I'd protect my energy more, you know? Um, yeah. That's what I do. I'd be a little bit more like cautious about, you know, how much energy I use um, in my younger days where it's always good to be a giver, but like you have to remember that, you know, in order to give, like you have to be able to be, you know, fit and able to um sometimes it's not good for people to do that when they're not in a good and they're not feeling well and um you know people everybody's life matters and you know people are accountable for themselves and sometimes people who care a lot give a lot and you know for me like i was always like okay well maybe if i just think about this for a while it'll take my mind off of it and i'm doing good you know and, you know, I was doing the therapies. I was doing what my doctors were telling me to do, you know, literally going through it. It's just, it, you know, happens rapidly sometimes. And that's really kind of what's important for my story. You know, it's like, you're just kind of in it and you're in the middle of going and you don't want to step down, you know? I mean, how many people are like that in our community? You know, I mean, it's just going and going, right? We see these stories. I'm not the only one, you know? And when you think about, uh, you know, what can happen all of a sudden, you know, I mean, for me, you know, I had the stair accident, you know, but I had had chronic migraines for years too. That was another kind of part of my story. And, you know, when you have other elements like that, and then I, you know, had other dietary things that happened later, you know, um, and lots of things. And then those things start to compound, right? And then, you know, you feel a little bit of pain and then you're taking other things, you know. I was with doctors, you know, so they were prescribing me medication. So that's what I was taking was the medication and doing the other things that they were coaching me to do, right? But I was still, you know, working and doing things that were also very taxing still, you know, but and, and so you have to, again, you know, think about how you use your energy and, you know, what if, and, you know, I just say to people, you know, rapidly get to a health team, rapidly start doing the work. And, you know, some of us, you know, you're going to have to hear what I had to hear, you know, um, when I had right side weakness that developed, um, you know, I went to my best friend, Dr. Tatum, who owns physical therapy practice right outside of Charlotte in Denver, North Carolina. And I was like, Dr. Tatum, like, can you help me, you know, and 
at that time, I was, you know, like 70 pounds, you know, heavier um, because of, you know, having mobility issues and other problems with my stomach health and lots of things and not being able to move, because, you know, as well. And so these things start to get worse and worse for lots of people. I'm not the only one. Again, I say this to people. And when we have, you know, certain types of jobs, we can kind of hide out, right? Because right. we can hide behind the screens. Right. And, and that's the danger, you know, in some areas for some people, right? Because mentally you can put yourself in those places of somewhere else, which does help you get away from the pain, but you're not now then connecting with your body. And that's when you're breaking that mind-body connection. And so it's just super important, you know, like if I can teach people anything, you know, it's like, you know, for me too, yeah, sure. They gave me medication and that was helping with the pain, but I still had to do the work. That's what they kept telling me, Kristen, you got to keep doing therapies. You got to keep eating right, you know? Um, so, you know, that's kind of at a high level, right? Um, like what I went through, but um, it hopefully gives people a little bit of a taste that, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, the work isn't going to just be a pill. It's not going to be, hey, you go into the PT. You know, I went into my PT and she said, Kristen, an injury like this, if you really want to get back to normal, like, you know, regular again, you know, like athletic ability even, that'll be like two or three years of work. Yeah. Focus. So know that right now, just so you understand that. That's what she told me, Dr. Taylor. Yeah, I know that we tend to want that quick fix, and there's very few things that truly are a quick fix. So it sounds like you took all of your natural talents and your experience with being very um, systems focused and very results driven. And you took that skill set and you took control of your health. Let's you redo it. Yeah. Hold on. All right. Good. Okay, the magic of television. I'm picking that question up again. So Kristen, it sounds like you took just your natural talents, your innate ability to develop a system, a process, be very analytical. And you took all of those skills and brought them to your recovery from mm -hmm. this accident you had. Um, and now you're sharing it. So I know there's um, no such thing as an average day in your life, but in terms of how you take care of your health and how you create that mind-body connection, what are some of the things that you do to keep you really focused on continuing health care? Sure. So, um, you know, when you wake up every day and you have high levels of pain, I was in, you know, level seven and above pain for multiple years. 
and then it went to eight and nine for periods, right? And then there would be certain days where it's like that, right? And so depending on what you're doing. And when, so when you're like that, you wake up like that and you're like, oh God, you know, like, everything is hurting, every like full body, you know, you feel like you're being basically electrocuted, you know, and you stand up, it's like you're walking on glass, right? Oh, you super, super uh, painful, you know? Um, so for me, I always had to just continue to do, you know, these daily meditations and kind of positive speakers, um, hypnosis even, right? Um, tracks that I'd find available on the internet. Um, you know, look, people aren't available to coach you every day. You know, they aren't available to be there when you're crying every day. And nor should they have to be, frankly, because it's a lot for people and it's a lot for you too, you know? Um, it's a blessing anytime anybody can listen and not often people always have the capacity right wow. um and so once we start to recognize that you know especially like um in our communities i think that it's um gonna create a more positive you know outcomes for us in the long run of people realizing that there are other people that have had these same experiences right that have gone through uh you know horrific suffering and trauma and the ways that, you know, many people have gotten through it are through, you know, the practices of waking up and, you know, centering yourself from the moment that you wake. Um, you know, for me, I went through periods where I didn't sleep, you know, I could only sleep like 45 minutes to an hour, that's it. And then I'd be woken up being like shocked like crazy and, you know, laying there like that and then fall asleep until, you know, it'd be done, you know, um, or whatever. So, you know, <laughs> like, um, you know, when you feel like that and then also you know the other piece of that for me was I got severe brain fog you know because of the levels that I was at and the nutritional issues and other stuff that happened um at one point you know I couldn't eat more than 500 calories a day for like many many months so that had a significant impact on me psychologically but also you know on really like my body because when you don't have certain types of nutrients you know you just don't perform well and, you know, my brain didn't work as well, right? Um, so those types of experiences, you know, taught me, you know, okay, if I can wake up and listen to on Spotify or YouTube or Google, like any kind of one of these channels that I can download for free, you know, one of the beautiful things about these systems of today that they're sharing content is that, yeah, you may have to watch an ad or two, right? Sometimes three, but what's cool is that, you know, the content typically is free for users, you know, um, that log in and create an account. Um, I think that for me, that was pretty amazing because I've been able to access, you know, cool teachers from all over the world. Um, I could research who they were on the web to make sure they were valid, you know? Right. And, you know, take my shot at listening to what they told me, you know, I mean, I listened to a great one, you know, Anna Thompson, she was mine, like, oh my goodness, she made like a fibromyalgia ad, uh, um, album, right, about, you know, people that go through that pain, I listened to that over and over and over again, and it worked for me, you know, that's my experience, but go talk to your own doctor, you know, um, and other teachers, you know, for example, um, like, let's be real. Like when you wake up, sometimes you're whiny, <laughs> you're like, yes, sucks, you know, yeah. 
Yes. Hate this. My life sucks. My life is over. You know, like that was how I felt a lot of points. I'm not going to see these some people again. I'm not going to ever do that job again. I'm never going to be seen as a leader again. And these are the things that you go through, whatever your experience is, it's going to be whatever those feelings were for you, you know, if that ever happened to you. And so, um, you know, I liked listening to the people sometimes that would yell at me. And on like the CDs, you know, I mean, not on CDs anymore, but excuse me, on the, uh, you know, Spotify. And that was like, you know, fearless motivation, you know, and there's so many of these amazing speakers that would just be like on there from the set of them. And they'd just be yelling at you, like, you're the lion, you know, I'm like, I'm the lion. (laughs) And, you know, we, we need that. That's the thing with chronic pain is for people who have never experienced any true chronic pain, it's really incomprehensible, but that day after day uh, can be so emotionally, physically, intellectually, spiritually debilitating. And what I'm hearing you say is that it feels like the end, but it's not. And you can take control of your health care and do it and go out and find the experts, do the research. Um, I think that's such an empowering approach. So I want to ask you about some of the way you, the ways you empower others, because you are inspiring. Your story is inspiring. You, you just have a very inspiring way of talking about things, sharing your story. And I know that you're really helping others. Can you talk about some of the projects that you're working on now to help others, to further social good? Sure. Um, so in my magazine series, um, both the show as well as the publication, I ended up meeting lots of people. And, and those people, some of them were in my think tanks. Um, some of them I met through my think tanks. And one of the things that um, you know came about were two like really kind of main themes, right? Um, you know, how can I help with fibromyalgia advocacy? You know, because number one, that's the condition that I have, but you know, I've been diagnosed with. And, you know, that was back in 2019, you know, I had started seeing, you know, neurologists and doctors, you know, um, back in 17 before even other stuff had happened, right? And then in 16, you know, so it's like, and then in 15, when I had chronic migraines. So, I mean, it's like, look, if you could, you know, go back in time, like you said, right, what would you do? Well, you know, I, I would think that I would rapidly take action with a concise list of resources. And so with fibromyalgia advocacy, it's really been my focus on highlighting these amazing advocates that have put together resource lists, um, people like uh, Veterans Voices for Fibromyalgia Leader uh, and Army, you know, veteran, disabled Army veteran, you know, Crystal Kent. Um, With her organization, you know, there's many other uh, former soldiers that serve in that too, Anudata and others. These people are phenomenal. Um, They have been going out and connecting with veterans. They put together a cool list of resources. And I felt like, wow, how could I help this group, right? Not only do they work on fibromyalgia, they also work with veterans, which is an important cause to me because of my family history. I've had, you know, family members that serve, like my father, you know, he was a lieutenant colonel and a a Legion of Merit winner. And then, you know, my grandfather, um, both of my grandfathers served, but my grandpa on my father's side, he was actually at D-Day. So, um, you know, he was there on D-Day day five. 
so you know he was drafted and you just you know when you have uh, family that was drafted into a war and other things you just are taught you know differently the you know how to look at the world um and especially because of the things that he had to do um and i think about you know how he kind of came back from that war and i mean as an adult you know later you know hearing his story um from my father you know it just really moved me because i really thought about like wow he had to like rehabilitate probably like come back he was a purple heart at one point um, but he stayed over there and um you know he was doing like stuff helping the refugees he was in the artillery later and stuff like that but when he came back you know he started a window company and doing you know construction and you know working with his hands and building you know basically and I think that's a positive story of, you know, how can we, you know, get back to life again? And certain people go because they are, you know, committed to go now in these days, but some people were still drafted and they're still with us in our communities. And, um, you know, through these organizations, um, you know, that I was able to meet through some general, you know, like the Support Fibromyalgia Network, you know, I was able to meet some of these folks. And this is the power of you know, networking and how we can rapidly change the game as long as we have you know, lots of channels to communicate on. And that's really kind of my purpose. You, know, you look at, um, you know, I have a media company, Tomasino Media, and then I also have Buddytown Consulting. And you know, the media company is really meant to help tell stories, right, also and spread, you know, these educational kind of evergreen examples, people like Crystal Kent, um, people like Oath to Country Foundation that I met here in LA. These people, oh my gosh, they're like a gang of veterans, but the founder actually is um, kind of like me. We didn't serve, um, but we are citizens that respect our elders who felt a great passion to go serve. And, you know, um, you know Dr. Justin, he works in the hospital systems, but, he goes out with his the country team. They organize these amazing things where they go and clean up a veteran's home with like 30 people. And they like go and do this, you know, almost every other month or so, you know, they plan it out when they can. They get sponsors, you know, to help donate and do things. And um, it's pretty amazing. They went out to another soldier's home and then also just cleaned up the next door neighbor who was like an elderly woman's home as well. How awesome is that? Well, and, and this is the sort of thing that you do. I mean, it sounds to me like you come by this desire to make a difference very honestly. Obviously, your father, both grandfathers, uh, you know, this is really important. So if people wanted to get involved in making a positive impact and wanted to connect with you, what is the easiest and fastest way for them to reach out to you? Um, the best way I'd say is just, you know, start to, you know, join some of my networks, you know, if you go out to buddytown.com, um, number one, you know, you'll see a variety of networks. I have a business network as well as a wellness network. Um, I also have some specialty networks for uh, like business women in the queer world. Um, it was really hard for me years ago, you know, being, uh, you know, a professional and identifying that way sometimes, you know, with feeling safe to talk to other professionals. And um, so years ago, I founded, you know, uh, like a little, you know, meetup group in uh, Florida, you know, it's still uh, open. I'm gonna go back and start doing some more events and other things across the country with some other groups as well. I have one in Charlotte and I'm founding one here in LA that I'm growing. And it's meant to be, for example, about how we, you know, 
uh, create connections with one another. And I think that uh, the business world is how we, you know, get uh, moving again in our country. And so, you know, by creating opportunities through networks like that, that's a way for people to engage. Um, for some people, you know, it might just be about like learning, you know, and learning about the portfolio. And so that's really what the media company is about. And so you can check out any of that content um, on socialgoodmagazine.com. You can actually watch the show on there or listen as well. Um, you can check the publications out and get links to Amazon on there uh, for both the volumes. And you can even learn about the social good warriors that I talk about in there. And that's really a great way for you to get involved because what my purpose is, is to bring light to their missions and to, you know, be like, hey, over here, over here. Oh, you're interested in that? Cool. Go, go talk to that person. You know, they may, you know, need your assistance, right? And value what you can bring to the table. I'm, you know, I just try to, uh, I'm kind of like a serial networker, you know, like I'm contacting hundreds and hundreds of people a week, you know, reaching out. Hey, I'm Kristen. I'm working on social good. You know, I hope that everything's going good where you are in your community. It's been a little crazy here in LA at times, but Hey, you know, we're trying to have some peace and love. Let's talk about, you know, concepts that win, you know? Yeah. Let's make a difference together because if we don't, there will be no difference, right? So yeah. socialgood.com, there's also Buddytown, which I socialgoodmagazine.com. That's right. Social media magazine. Yes. I'm sorry, repeat that again. Just say it one more time again. So it's the socialgoodmagazine.com. And the Buddytown link is buddytown.com. Awesome. And you're also, yep. of course, on LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Absolutely. I'd love to see you out there. You can even follow some of my companies out there also, Thomasino Media or Buddytown. I really love it when people connect with me on LinkedIn because I do see uh, lots of different opportunities. And then, you know, I do know lots of different people in my networks. Um, but those are some of the ways that you, that you can connect. If there was one message you wanted to leave with listeners, um, what would you want them to remember? from this recording we just did? I would just say, look, you know, the world has um, had its challenges over the last few years, but, you know, don't lose heart. Um, there's people out there that are doing amazing missions. And I think that as we uh, get more and more people aligned with that and, you know, some, again, you know, visibility to the opportunities that are available right now to grow the economy and to improve our health, you know, by, thinking about, you know, what about if we empowered ourselves, you know, in this new economy and what can you do for self-love? Um, because ultimately, you know, look, I, I love to give, I love to, you know, learn, I love to challenge myself, um, but I also have to, you know, um, improve and, and invest in myself to do that. And so I, uh, I hope that people will take that time to invest in themselves and, and keep that positive attitude because there are good people doing amazing missions and you can be one of them too, or join up with more people and do more stuff that you're probably already, if you're already doing amazing stuff, join them too. It'll make even more good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. so I'm hearing it's the self-awareness, definitely mm -hmm. the self-care, commitment to self-care, the practicing self-compassion, and then reaching out and creating a circle of support to 
create a community that is going to be focused on doing good things and creating the change and making the difference. It has been my absolute pleasure, Kristen, to talk to you today. I so appreciate you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. You know, it's been fun talking to you and getting to know you and learning about, you know, how you choose guests and you know, your why. And um, yeah, again, this is what we need to have, I think, you know, more of in the country and in the world. And, you know, meeting you internationally, I always think, you know, again, you know, the universe brings people together for a reason. Right. And, um, you know, uh, I know that uh, so many of us, you know, that made such fantastic um, relationships that more of this energy is going to be raised throughout the community. Um, because I think as you think about the social good concept, which is what I'm, you know, my movement is about, it's like, you know, how do we just keep amplifying this? You know, how do we keep teaching that there's other ways that we can go if something goes wrong, right? There's other solutions. Please share your social media one more time again before I sure. let you go. Yeah, so you can connect with me, number one, by, you know, checking out the magazine. And so you can look at that at www.socialgoodmagazine.com. You can watch the show there. You can also learn about other social good warriors. And then you can even see the links to where you can buy the publications on Amazon. Um, as well, you know, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And so on LinkedIn, um, I'd love to see out there. I've got different groups and there's different opportunities that I have sometimes that come up or people that I know of that I might be able to connect you with. And so love to see out there. Um, and then the last way is, you know, also just come out to buddytown.com. You know, if you're wanting to do some of the consulting work or maybe you're looking for a financial technology project, I do do those. I do them for a contract. Um, I select certain ones each year, um, again, kind of based on what I'm working on. And then um, I see if it's a fit. And then there's other ways too. You know, I do special types of campaigns for special uh, groups. You know, sometimes people ask me to be a brand ambassador. So if those are the things that you need me to help you with, um, you know, happy to consider it. And you can reach me at buddytown.com. Oh, thank you, Kristen. My absolute pleasure. And um, I just really appreciate your message and I appreciate your work. So needed at this time. Thank you. I appreciate you. And, uh, and again, you know, thank you to your audience. Um, and if any of them, you know, would like to reach out, I'd love to hear from them. And uh, Lisa, I'll be happy to, you know, be sharing this message on, on my communities as well. You're the best. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Grace, Grit, and Getting It Done. I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. If you'd like more information or to contact me directly, send me an email, lisa at bigsky, B-I-G-S-K-Y dot coach. Lisa at bigsky.coach. Thanks for listening.